Dubuque Rising with Alex Dixon, a surprising gem on the Mississippi. A new podcast series hosted by Alex Dixon, president and CEO of DRA and Q Casino. The podcast focuses on various Dubuque-related topics and provides an inside look at this unique community's future. Here's Alex Dixon. Alex Dixon here with Dubuque Rising. Uh, so excited to have two great guests here in studio. We're here with Allie Fuller as well as uh, Molly Grover. Uh, and I'll start with you, Molly. Um, if you could maybe just give us a little bit of background about yourself. Thank you so much, Alex, for the invitation to be here. It's an honor. Molly Grover with the Dubuque Area Chamber of Commerce. I have been in chamber work in the industry almost 28 years. Uh, this is my fourth chamber leadership position in my career. I was born in Dubuque, ironically, and I suppose that makes me a Dubuqueer, as they say. I was not raised here, however, um, mostly in the suburbs of Chicago, but I came here from uh, Georgia. I was in Cartersville, Georgia as a chamber president and CEO and um, loved my time in Georgia. And this job opened up. It was an opportunity to move home uh, and be close to family. And I've really uh, cherished that time uh, since moving back in 2007. Uh, in the past 17 years, I got to spend precious time uh, with both my grandmothers that passed, uh, with my mom that passed. And so I, I wouldn't trade the past 17 years for anything. Um, it's truly a pleasure to and a privilege uh, to live in Dubuque. I think it's just the best place in all the land. Uh, and I love what I do. I feel like I've won the jackpot, won the lottery. Um, it is a luxury to love what you do because I've had positions I haven't loved. And uh, it is truly um, a blessing. Oh, amazing. So, so Alec, give us uh, the origin story. All right. Well, thank you for the invitation as well. Um, I am originally from Connecticut. I grew up in New Haven, Connecticut. I spent the first 22 years of my life there. Uh, um, lived for a year in Boston, back to Connecticut, and then went to Chicago when I was 27. And that was for graduate school. So I did my MBA and master's in public policy there. Um, so you might be wondering, how did you get to Dubuque? I met my husband, who is a Dubuquer, when I was in um, Chicago. So we spent three years living together in Chicago. Our first daughter was born there. And then we made our way to Dubuque in 2013. So now it's been 10 years. Um, I currently have my own consulting firm um, that I do work with local organizations. And I've also been doing a lot of work with an organization called Dubuque Forward, which I'm sure we will spend some more time talking about. No, absolutely. And so what's what's so great is coming from the outside, you know, you get a sense of people. And then first you get to know faces and then names, and then you get to know roles. And um, as I kind of assess both of you, um, my assessment was, oh, Molly works with the businesses that exist and and Allie works with the business that needs to exist, <laughs> right? Um, and so it's like, how, how do you take energy and then formulate it into, let's say, some structure that hopefully one day is paying you a membership fee as uh, being a, a member of the chamber? And so Maybe if you talk just a little bit, Molly, about the the portfolio that you have and the different initiatives, um, not only the former programs that you do, but some of the things that you're you know fighting for or helping to, to move forward within the community. Sure, absolutely. So we're a membership organization. Our main purpose is to represent business interests to local, state, and federal government at the very core, if you peel back all the layers. Um, what we are doing for our members is helping them connect 
business development, network, uh, build a thriving business community, make sure that we're building a strong economy by having an engaged business community and offering benefits and services and programs that help those businesses make connections that build success within the community. We have 974 members and counting. Um, we've had a great year with uh, about 100 new members this year. Our year ends June 30th. And um, currently, what we're working on as we head towards the end of our fiscal year, one of our biggest priorities that is taking a major chunk of our time is air service and the challenges regarding air service, restoring daily scheduled commercial air service to our community. We lost commercial air service in September of September. Of 2022 uh, with American Airlines departing our community after a 30-year relationship. And that daily scheduled commercial air service is uh, imperative for the business community to have global access um, to the global market and continue business operations and grow. It's also an amenity that's expected by people that live in the community as well. It is um, how we move today. It's not just a luxury air service. It is an economic imperative. So that is something that we are working literally 24-7 365 on that. We also work on talent development. We have a very strong young professionals organization um, that's 40 and under, and we need to grow our population. We know that that is a priority um, in Iowa, but especially in Dubuque as we look at our priorities and our long-term success. So what can we do to keep talent here and attract talent here? And young professionals is a big part of that. Uh, we have other talent development programs, YP Mentorship, um, which uh, thanks to a, a very generous grant from the DRA uh, helped us develop that program. We were on two of three of the private college campuses. The main college private campuses will be on three next year. Uh, and so we're really winding down and getting ready to start our new fiscal year, which starts July 1st. But air service, um, that is, I mean, kind of the steady focus right now, and everybody's working on it together. So, Allie, same question to you. I think let's first start with um, your consulting business and maybe give us a sense of, of what are the types of clients that you take on? What are the roles and, and really a little bit about your professional background. I think you're yeah. very modest in terms of what uh, <laughs> what you've done in the past. Would love love yeah. to make sure we we, we hear that. Yeah. Um, so when I after business school, I went to work for Bain and Company, which is a um, international management consulting firm. So I was working with a lot of Fortune 500 companies doing management consulting strategy. Um, I learned a ton, as you might imagine. Um, then I left there and went to a smaller firm based in D.C. that was more focused in the education sector, more focused in nonprofit and public. Um, so I spent about seven years there and then left and started my own consulting firm. And really the, the reason that I did that was um, I saw an opportunity in Dubuque to really make a difference. Right, I was flying all over the country working with um, companies, with nonprofits, with um, public entities, solving problems in cities everywhere but Dubuque. And I look at this community and I say, it is the perfect size place to dive in and make an impact, right? You can you can move the needle in a, in a place like Dubuque. It's hard in Chicago. It's hard in New York. Um, and so I decided I was going to go out on my own and just start my own consulting firm to try to work with small businesses and nonprofits here in our community. And that's what I've been doing since 2020. Um, so I've been doing a lot of strategic planning work with startups and with nonprofits. Um, so on the nonprofit side, really thinking about how do some of these really amazing organizations think about their strategic vision to expand their impact. So I'm working with the Dream Center right now as an example. That is an amazing organization that is doing such great work with uh, youth and families in our community. 
and they want to grow. They want to grow that impact. And so my focus really has been how do we, how can I help support with all of the background and training I've had? How do I help support some of these organizations um, and small startup for-profits in thinking about their business planning and thinking about their growth and thinking about their impact? Um, so that's really been my focus on the consulting side. And that's actually what drew me into Dubuque Forward. Um, because of a project I was doing, um, I got connected in with some people who had been really thinking about how do we, as a community, come together and really accelerate the growth that we're already seeing? I've been here since 2013, like I said, and the change from 2013 to 2023 in this community has been huge. You've seen it. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I saw Brazen open, right? And you think mm -hmm. about what the millwork is now, right? And where it's headed. Um, there's so many changes that have happened for the, for the better um, because of work the Chamber's doing and all these other organizations. And there's a lot of people in the community saying, how do we, how do we get more people activated to do this work? Momentum. How, the mm -hmm. momentum, yeah. How do we get people to collaborate? How do we get to make sure that the work the Chamber's doing and the work that GDDC and the city and the DRA and all the nonprofits and the private sector are coordinated toward a vision, right? And then how can we provide some structure and platform for people to bring their voice up and say, here's somewhere we can go, right? Here's something we can do um, and really try to move some of those ideas into action. It feels like we're at this precipice, you know, within rural America um, of a lot of uh, a, a lot of tailwinds or excuse me headwinds that we have but there's also you know so many great things we 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 have uh, before us so give us a sense of what's the balance scale of what are the things that are really challenging that are facing a smaller rural community like ours but then also some of the 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 big things we have forward and then Allie will come back to um, what we just described mm -hmm. so workforce housing, population growth, workforce in general, um, we are experiencing, like everywhere across the United States, is experience, experiencing extreme workforce shortages. At the same time, we also have a workforce housing shortage, and we don't have places for people to live. We want to grow our population. It's imperative we grow our population. We are competing not just with Iowa communities. We're competing across the United States to bring in talent, and we have to position ourselves with um, the best amenities, um, the best life has to offer, because people People are looking at where they want to live first and where they want to work second. They worry about it's the paradigm has shifted. When I got out of college, all I cared about is getting a job. And I applied everywhere all across the United States. And I was going where I got a job. Now, kids decide where they want. I shouldn't say kids, young adults, <laughs> mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, they decide where they want to live. My son's one of them. I want to live here and I'm going to get a job based after that. Businesses used to be able to go wherever they wanted and the people would follow. Again, that paradigm has totally shifted where businesses are going, where the people are going. And the economies that are going to be winners in a 21st century are those that have the most talent, the most people. So headwinds and how do we grow our population as Dubuque, Iowa, as a state when we're only one of four states nationwide that hasn't doubled their population since 1900? That's a challenge. When we look at the airline industry, we're speaking about air service. There's been a mass exodus across the country of the airline industry leaving rural America. It's not right. It's not fair. It's inequitably impacting rural America. Um, we're at a serious disadvantage 
Um, we know there's a pilot shortage. We know there's a resource shortage. Um, but we look at those legacy carriers and time and time again, it's the rural America communities that are hurting um, from this exodus from the airlines. And when you're cut off from that kind of infrastructure, it is hurting in real time. It's not just affecting the economy tomorrow. It's affecting the economy today in real time. And so we we need to do something about it yeah. in short order. No, and uh, and we are. Uh, but, but Allie, I want to come back to as you have this perch of being able to engage so many different um, organizations, many of whom we've we've been talking to today um, and throughout uh, this podcast series, but but give me a sense of through your research, what are some places around the country that give us hope that we can be able to borrow with pride to be able to infuse and just other kind of key things and learnings that you've had along the way, specifically with Dubuque Forward? Yeah, yeah, I think there are a lot of examples because I think a lot of people are thinking about the same things, right? These smaller communities saying, how do we how do we compete? At the same time, I think on the tailwind side, um, people are wanting to live in more affordable, livable mm-hmm. places, aren't necessarily wanting to be in a big city, big, big city, right? But they want the amenities. So that's that's the challenge. How do we how do we create that? But we've been looking into examples of places that have really been able to accelerate their growth. And um it really comes down to the way the entities in those communities work together. So it's really, really critical that you have effective public-private partnerships, that you have the economic development organizations, whoever they are, the chambers, the GDDCs, the Dubuque Main Streets of those other communities and the cities working together in a positive way to say, how can we together get to yes, right? Like, how can we have a mindset of we want yes to be the answer and we're going to help figure that out? And so some of those places that jump to mind for me, um, one example we talk about a lot is Bentonville in Northwest Arkansas um, that, you know, Walmart's headquartered there and a few other big organizations. And they said, we're losing (laughs) because people come here, they train and they leave because nobody wants to live in Arkansas. Um, So they said, we're going to do this, right? And they got everybody together and they worked together and they created a plan and they executed on it and they've grown into this amazing community with art, with restaurants, with mountain biking, taking advantage of their natural resources, right? We've got amazing natural resources here. I think some other examples, Columbus, Ohio is a good example of a place that um, just decided to make a concerted effort and say, we're gonna do this. We're actually talking to the mayor of, of the former mayor of Columbus next week to get some insight into what did they actually do? How did they make that happen? Um, there, I mean, there's countless examples across the country. We've talked to people from Davenport who, who put together, um, you know, a, basically a coalition of people to say, how do we move this forward together? How do we make sure we're working together towards the same goal? And so, you know, I think there are a ton of examples of places we can learn from. Um, but what I think the theme, at least one of the biggest theme I've really come across in this is the public, private, and nonprofit partnerships and everybody being on the same page and saying, we're actually gonna work together towards these goals instead of working against each other, or at least not cooperating. So Molly, just if we look towards the future, um, where do you see our community going? What are some of the big, big, uh, not only initiatives, but big things that you think are gonna help us continue on this momentum that we've got uh, here today? Well, I want to dovetail on what Ali said, because everybody being at the table and getting to the yes is so important. 
public-private partnerships are what Dubuque is known for. And so we just need to take it to the next level. And so coming together to solve the challenges that we face, um, nothing is insurmountable when you look at, you know, things that we've overcome in the past, right? Mm -hmm. So I see this Dubuque Forward um, doing great things for the community. We have DBQ CAST that's working public-private partnership on restoring daily scheduled commercial air service in our community. We have employers that are looking to grow and we're looking to add placemaking investments in our community. Um, Chaplain Schmidt Island, Field of Dreams. These are game changers that are going to help people that are deciding where they want to make a life and a career say yes to Dubuque and help us attract um, the best talent and continue to grow and be prosperous. There are so many exciting projects right now. Chaplain Schmidt um, being one of them, that is, that's going to be a game changer. Dubuque forward, everybody being at the table, coming together to get to the yes. I love the way that you put yeah. that because that's so important. We have to remove the barriers yeah. and we can do that. And I think, you know, you mentioned the big projects like Schmidt Island and there, you know, we need big housing projects, but it's also the small projects. Like we, you know, you, you look at the, I don't know if you're familiar with strong towns, but you look at the strong towns movement mm -hmm. and it's all about how do we create stronger towns, uh, more livable, more walkable. Um, and, but a lot of it is really about doing the little things that make the difference, right? Put on that festival, you know, paint that bike lane and see if people want to use bike lanes, right? Um, you know, Put up pop-up shops and see if people come and shop more downtown. Do the do the things that are going to drive people downtown so they understand what the downtown is, right? So it's big and small that need to happen at the same time because the big projects take a long time, right? Schmidt Island's not going to be done tomorrow, right. mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm, <laughs> but, mm -hmm. you know, you can, you can do smaller things right. in a pretty short time frame if everybody's working together to just get it done, right? And you don't have all that red tape. And those little things, the accumulation of those little things, they're not expensive, and they can make a huge difference in the vibrancy of our downtown and make people say, actually, I want to live downtown. You know, um, it shows demand. Then maybe someone says, I want to open another store because there's more foot traffic or I'm willing to invest in that housing uh, development because look at all this activity that's happening downtown. I think there's a market here. So I think it has to be a, both a short term and a long term uh, strategy going hand in hand. Right. No. The livability aspects of what Ali was talking about and, and the, um, those amenities that you know, we take for granted sometimes, you know, bike lanes. It's just painting a strip, you know, uh, on the street. Um, and it makes it so much more attractive, especially to the 40 and under demographic. They want to live downtown. That's it. And yeah. No, well, we're here recording at the Asylum Studios right here on Central Avenue in downtown Dubuque. And I think it's just a great example of being able to not only usher in a new entrepreneurial business, but help to support them making sure that we're increasing our voice uh, and really to tell the stories of, of, of Dubuque and tell the stories of rural America. I want to thank you both for being in, in studio here today, um, just to hear about not only your personal stories, but what you're doing uh, to bring uh, Dubuque forward and to bring our, our community into the, the next generation. It's just so amazing to see the, the work that you all are doing. And so one of the mantras we've had over at the DRA is to that we deserve nice things. And so you all are doing the hard work at the ground, grassroots level and the grass tops level to make sure we're taking this community forward. And so I want to thank you and uh, appreciate for all the hard work. Um, but we deserve nice things and you guys are going to help bring it to us here in this community. We will have nice things. Thank you. We will. Thank you. Thank you. Again, this is Alex Dixon and uh, we're Dubuque Rising. Thank you.
This has been Dubuque Rising with Alex Dixon, a surprising gem on the Mississippi. Season one, which features four separate episodes, is currently available for download for free. Visit DRADubuque.com for more information. Dubuque Rising is powered by Mudhouse Media.